Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. BFFT. From the Pack West Center in downtown Portland, presented by High Caliber Millwrights, here's John Canzano with the Bald Face Truth. One of my favorite guests on this show over the years, and maybe your favorite guest on the show over the years, because he often gives me hell, is uh, Senator Peter Courtney. He has uh, served as the president of the Oregon Senate Longtime Oregon Senate president. He's retiring, but still on the job, still cares about this state, still cares about the ducks, still cares about the beavers, cares about you. 79 years old, Peter Courtney joining us. How you doing, Peter Courtney? Well, you know how I'm doing. Uh, I love the July 4th. And my holiday has been ruined. And thanks to SC and UCLA, it's been ruined. They wanted fireworks, and they sure created fireworks. So I, it, it just ruined my holiday. I'm not happy. What was your reaction when you heard it? Because I was a little bit in disbelief and expected that it would it would turn to be one of these things that was just talked about but doesn't doesn't happen. Where were you yesterday when you heard heard this? I was at a big event getting planning to go out. It was a fundraiser, I think, at Langdon Farms. I don't play golf, and I thought I saw something. And uh, I said it to the people around me, and they all went nuts, and they wanted to know where I got it from. I said, I don't know where I got it from. I don't know how to use this phone. But then I, I kept looking, and it appeared again and again. So I went looking for John McIntano, and he wasn't really available. So... I said, it appears they're going. And so that's what I, I was shocked. Everybody around me was shocked. These are all people from different walks of life. Nobody believed it. Nobody, everyone thought it was some kind of July, April Fool's Day come late. Or, you know, and, and, and so no one believed it. I mean, I got to tell you, they simply did not believe it. When I think of but this, they, yeah, go ahead. Well, at the end of the day, I talked to some of them. Everybody believed it, that's for sure. And it ruined a lot of golf games, I believe. I don't play golf, but a lot of strokes are missing off because people are so angry. Part of the uh, part of the problem for me here is I'm nostalgic. I'm a purist. I like tradition. I like the Pac-12 conference. I love that it was regional and it was the, the same members that essentially I grew up watching and USC and UCLA leaving that um, threatens the whole thing. There's part of me from a nostalgia standpoint that's angry, loyalty standpoint, and then sports has just turned into money, 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 whether it's uh, the LIV tournament or, you know, it's it's major college football. It's just all about money. Fifty years ago, I came to Oregon, my Oregon, on the East Coast. Fifty years ago. And I, you say I'm loyal to Oregon. I sure am. I'm loyal to the Northwest, and I'm loyal to the West. Yes, I am. And I am tired of the East. 
telling the West what to do. And this is exactly what's going That just infuriates Peter. Just infuriates me. Uh, so how does that play into your nostalgia? I don't know how. I am just telling you, the Rose Bowl, which is a sacred bowl, will no longer be a Rose Bowl. It'll be the weed bowl. And I don't mean the kind of weed you smoke. Because they've ruined it. I mean, I can't believe that UCLA, one of the great academic athletic institutions in the world, is going along with this, Shanann. And I also don't understand, with all the brain power in the Pac-12, that nobody knew this was going on. Nobody. And I find that unbelievable. I live in the world of politics. I'm pounded all the time because of transparency and being open, blah, blah, blah. I, 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 this is not the way the Pac-12 does things. The Conference of Champions, you realize the Pac-12, John Cassano, has won more national championships collectively than by far any other conference. And these two schools want to blow that up. I, I, I don't, I don't, I can't talk about it. I, I really find it abhorrent and despicable. They should have at least gone to the conference and said, buy us out or do something, try to make us an offer so we can stay. Did they, I don't know, did the Board of Regents approve this stuff? The presidents approved this stuff? The governor approved this stuff? I mean, I don't know what's going on. I called the president of U of O. We missed each other, but he left me a message. It's caught him totally by surprise, out of the blue, he used. Never expected it. And now they're scrambling. I mean, <laughs> really? Really? We've seen coaches in you know leave and in, in ditch programs. We've seen players jump in the portal. Uh, now we're seeing universities uh, jump in the transfer portal and uh, you know usher off uh, halfway across the country to play with a different conference. Um, I'm not sure where this is all headed, but lawmakers in Washington are talking about trying to tie Washington and Washington State together because they're fearful that the Huskies could leave and. They want the, the Cougars to not be left behind. And, and Beavers fans, I think, are nervous. And, you know, the Ducks probably more well-positioned to uh, join uh, another conference if that, that's going to be. How, do you have any feelings on that? I'm sure I have a lot of feelings on that. I'm very concerned about Oregon State and Washington State. I'm very concerned about them. I think they have great students. I worry about their student-athletes, many of whom come from this area this Northwest, and I'm very concerned about the situation with those two schools, among other things. And to me, one one goes, do you all go, or nobody goes? I'd like to think that that's the kind of conference. I don't know if this is the oldest conference in the country, but it's got to be close to it, John Consano, the Pac-12, Pac-8, Pac-10. It's got to be. And its history is extraordinary. And I don't understand how you can – I mean, I do think – you know, a wealthy, the rich get richer. Uh, you've got some schools that aren't wealthy in the Pac-12, but they compete, and sometimes they surprise people in terms of what they win. But I think that they belong. There's, their, their academic programs belong. They're part of us. And I'm sorry, in a day and age where loyalty means nothing clearly, our accountability means nothing, teamwork means nothing, character means nothing, all that means anything is the almighty dollar. I mean, stop and think about it. Coaches and administrations and ADs and presidents of universities talk about how they've got to build character in young people. They've got to be role models. 
et cetera, et cetera. But I got news for you. They, there's no loyalty anymore anywhere. And that's not, I mean, why don't you just make these teams professional football teams be done with it? Somebody last night says, well, I'm going to pick the Super Bowl teams for next year. I don't know whether you pick Buffalo versus Green Bay. And I said, okay, I'm going to pick two, FC versus Michigan. And he started laughing. Because I got to tell you, the way this thing's going, hey, wait, hey, wait. Yeah, it does feel like the the charm of college athletics. What I what I always loved about college football was, you, you know, you got a chance to see students who were playing a game. It wasn't professionals, and now we have introduced legislation, and I think it's fine to let players benefit from their name, image, likeness. And but I, but what I don't like is now we're getting a total reorganization in major college football where it's going to be, you know, two super conferences and now the Pac-12, as you mentioned, their heads are spinning and they're trying to figure out, do they join the Big 12? Uh, what do they do? Do they just continue to be the Pac-12 but without USC and UCLA? Um, I think it's problematic. Uh, what, you know, is, is there legally anything lawmakers could do here? I mean, along the lines of, uh, stepping in, you know, I'm kind of curious in California why the governor in California hasn't made a statement and why the regents of, you know, UC, the UC system were okay with UCLA leaving. Well, I, I called our governor last night, talked to her, and asked her to call the governor of California about it. And she said she would. I don't know Governor Newsom, so he's not going to talk to me, so I don't know. I don't get it. I mean, I don't. Don't forget, you've got probably the greatest all-around university in the world. Now, that's my opinion, but that's been said to me by some former presidents of major universities, and that is the University of California at Berkeley. That is an extraordinary school. It's its sister, brother, UCLA, has gone and done that. I do not understand that. That, that is incomprehensible to me how that could be allowed. Did, did Cal Berkeley go along with it? Did, did the governor go along with it? Did the Board of Regents go along with it? And if they did, how come this was such a shocker to all kinds of people? I don't I don't understand how you do this. FC is a private school, so I'm not talking much about them. I mean, I like them to stay, but I'm not talking. They're in a different world. So I, 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 I if I were governor, well, that's, that's always not a good thing to say, but if I were governor, I'd go, I would do everything I possibly could to hold them. And I would be talking to my legal team. I'd be talking to my legislative team. I'd be talking to my alumni. I'd talk to everybody to unload on this and try to at least stop the UCLA move, at least stop UCLA. But, you know. When Mario Cristobal left for Miami, you were upset. I think Chip Kelly leaving to go to the NFL, it was a little different because it was going to a different kind of uh, – environment different level of football but where do you classify that is this a betrayal is this is this a betrayal by ucla and usc for sure it's a betrayal i mean give me a what are you talking about sure it's a betrayal up and leave cut we're just going to bolt this conference and go join some other conference in the middle of the night on a holiday we're sure it's a betrayal i mean these conferences rely on one another do they not for all kinds of reasons and you're going to bolt and, uh, I mean, I, it, 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 you, 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 you're really ruining my day now. You now really got me worked up. 
a holiday's ruined, and now Pisano's going to ruin probably the rest of the year. Because Cristobal, you, know, you and I don't agree on Cristobal. You thought he was fine. Uh, no, Tiger. What about Tiger? You forgot about him? How about the fact that we don't recruit Oregon kids anymore? Maybe that makes me mad. The thing I love about the Oregon State programs, I'm sorry, their Beaver baseball team, et cetera, et cetera, is they have a lot of kids from Oregon or from the Northwest. And, you know, uh, it's like, well, we can't be in a conference out here because we can't win. And we can't have kids from out here because we can't win. So we're going to run off and join the Midwest, the East, or whatever you want to say. Because then, you know, we can get better talent and better money and blah, 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 blah. What in the blank does that say about the West Coast and the western part of the United States? Are you kidding me? That is treachery. It's more than dishonesty. It's treachery. Treachery. Oregon, yeah, I'm here. Uh, Oregon and Oregon State are going to have to be part of this solution, figuring out what to do here. Do do you, if the best thing for Oregon and Oregon State is to leave the Pac-12 conference, do you support that or do you think that they should stay tight and be a tent pole within this conference and and let it rip that way? Oh, I, hope, I want her to stay tight. I want her to stay tight because I can tell you, uh, Oregon State's won national championships in baseball. Oregon gets a run on something. They win enough football games. I'm sorry, from a ranking standpoint, they can still make a real lot of noise in terms of the national championship. But all they got to do is break through in that in the football area, and you'll see what happens. You'll see what happens. Trust me. You'll see. That's all they got to do. And they're close. So please don't cut and run. Please don't go and abandon everything else that's part of made part of what has made this the conference of champions. I I beg them not to do that. And I don't know what they're going to do. I talked to one of their trustees this morning for Oregon. She didn't even know this stuff, didn't know anything about this. And, I, and she said, i got to look into this. And I said, but I'm hoping that you really take this serious and don't just take some easy way out where there's a lot of money, et cetera, et cetera. Show some loyalty because I am convinced that Oregon, Oregon State can win. It can be very competitive. And I'm talking, I mean, Oregon State got beat by Auburn. And I broke my heart. She shouldn't have, and she should have gone on the World Series of Baseball. That old school's done remarkable things in baseball. And I think you'd agree to that. And Oregon's track team, but I think Oregon's football team, really, you know, they're close. But even their men's basketball team, women's basketball team, give me a break. I don't, they don't need another conference to be great. They don't need it. And Oregon State doesn't need another conference to get to the point where they're really doing well at all. They don't need it. They don't need it. Peter Courtney, our guest, politician, lawyer, professor, uh, the longest-serving lawmaker in uh, in our state, 79 years old. By the way, you had a birthday. I didn't even wish you a happy birthday a couple weeks ago. Happy birthday. You don't wish me a happy birthday a week or two late. That's not a happy birthday. <laughs> I mean, that's like saying, oh, yeah. I mean, don't wish me something happy. You didn't wish me happy on the day I was supposed to be happy. Don't say, I mean, you don't, that's not how you make somebody happy, is wish them to be happy. Well, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed, what do I do when I forget your birthday? Am I just supposed to ignore it and then not say anything till next year? Or do I go, oh, hey, your birthday was, you know, about two weeks ago. Hey, happy birthday. 
Fess up. Fess up. I blew it. You weren't that important to me for me to give you your birthday. Fess up. Say it. You're just not that big a person to me or in life. I need your birthday. Maybe next year I'll get it. Maybe I won't. Maybe you won't even be here next year, Peter. If you are, maybe I'll remember. Maybe I won't. Fess up. I'm putting it in my calendar right now. Peter Courtney's birthday is going in there. All right, listen, I, I appreciate you coming on. I I really um, I respect your passion, not just your brain. I mean, you've you've served this state as a as a leader and a politician uh, for years, and you've done a whole bunch of good things that would take up three hours of radio to tell people about. But what I hear in your voice is the same stuff I've been hearing from people in the last 24 hours. I've been hearing people who are upset. They are frustrated. They're heartbroken. They don't know what to do. They don't know how to fix it. They wish they could. Um, everybody's spinning a little bit. And, and I appreciate you coming on this show and, and letting people hear what you, what you think about this. Well, I, I'm not going to do any good, but thank you. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I, 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 I got, oh, I'm going to write a letter to the commissioner of Pac-12. I'm going to call the president, talk to some AD to the best I can. Uh, I don't know how else to stop this mess. I don't know how else to stop this treachery. I don't. And you know what? Your lives are not going to be better. No, they're not. This isn't all about money. Look out. Look out. Look out. I love it. Peter Courtney. Oregon, have... is, Oregon is in Oregon's uniforms are not going to be special in the Big Ten. No, no, no. Go ahead and think that. Go ahead. Oh, no. No, no, no. And they've already got schools in there that got orange, black. So I don't know what they're going to do that. I mean, I could go on and on here. I don't know what they're thinking. And then the Big 12, I don't know. There's so many schools there that I don't even know. That they're not even going to know who they're playing the next from week to week. Yeah. so many of them. And I don't understand. I don't understand, but. I don't understand when you have the intimacy of Austin Stadium and the track stadium and the baseball stadium like we have at Oregon State. And even the new stadium they're building at Oregon State football. Interesting. Why do you want to go and be not intimate anymore? You don't want to be intimate. You want to go where they can put thousands of people in the stands, over 100. And, you know, and, and, and why do you want to do that? There's nothing intimate about that. There's no human relations. I, I don't know why. Why do you want to do that? But I got to go because I know you got to go. Uh, have a happy holiday, you and your wife and your three daughters. And uh, I forgot a prescription to your column, but I can't figure out how to get it. So you're taking advantage of me. But you know what? JohnConzano.com. You go to JohnConzano.com. At my age, I don't know how to do that. I, I, I figured out the prescription. Gave you the money, Simpson, and because I wanted, I missed reading about you and reading your columns, and now I can't get your columns because they have not right. get them. All right, you got to, you got to show. Let let somebody. Otherwise, I'm going to drop by your house and I'm going to show you how to got to get it. Well, I got to get it because I'm not doing well without you reading your stuff one way or the other. Even though you've got a weird thing about Cristobal, you and Cristobal, are you leaving us to go to Miami? <laughs> No, I'm not leaving for Miami. I understand going home. The guy wanted to go home. His mother was there. His brother is the police officer there. You know, he didn't grow up here. I know you're going to lecture me now, but he, you know, he wanted to go home. Did he leave home? He did leave home. Yes, he did. And he did leave home. And did he, by leaving home, did he, was he able to put himself in a position to make millions of dollars? 
Yes. So does he not owe something to somebody about that part of it? I mean, I don't, don't you, I mean, don't you think that's what the job was? Like he, he was coaching football games and, you know, he, I think he fulfilled his, his obligation to Oregon because he coached games. No, and No, he didn't. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. He ran out on Oregon. Taggart ran out on and you know it. Don't say that. You know it. You believe it. But somehow he got you emotional. You got this bond with him. And that's fine. <laughs> but come on. No. no How about Jonathan no. Smith? You like Jonathan Smith? He's, he's come like, back. I like Jonathan yeah. I like Jonathan Smith. Okay, you we know, agree like on that. We agree on I that. And no, I really, I really like him. I want him to do well very much. Yes, I want him to do well. This, that's the way I feel about it. Yeah. Jonathan Smith is, uh, I think he's on the uh, on the cusp of something big here, and I hope he, uh, I hope they have a good season. All right, Peter Courtney, you have All a great, right, you, you have a great 4th of July. Happy early 4th of July. Thank you very much for using the word happy, even though it's not the right day to use it. Goodbye. All right. <laughs> There he goes, Peter Courtney. Anna's coming up next. You got the bald-faced truth statewide. Love that guy. You've got the home of the truth. Back to the bald-faced truth with John Canzano on 750 The Game. Well, look who's back. Anna's popped into the studio. I'll take your phone calls as well at 503-417-7575. Peter Courtney, uh, 79-year-old Peter Courtney, the longest-serving lawmaker in the state of Oregon, a guy who has given his sweat and his blood and his brains to this state over the years, just joined us. Uh, he fires me up. I got a smile on my face every time he comes onto the show. <laughs> He's... Uh... I like that he has the historical perspective, and I'm not saying, Peter Courtney, if you're listening, that you're old, Senator, but I just like that he has, you know, that perspective, because I think that makes all the difference, especially in these crazy times. I think he is probably listening. He also, um, he called me the other day because he subscribed at johnconzano.com to read me, and then he said, how do I get this? I said, you just go to johnconzano.com. Like, how did you subscribe? And he was having one of his aides help him get it on email, and then the website. So I think he's I think he's joking with me. But if he's not, I'm gonna I'm gonna call him and I'm gonna say, listen, let me come to your house, and let me walk you through this. You're gonna be his personal <laughs> IT guy. Uh, has he checked his spam filter? No, it's no. There's no. It doesn't go not, to spam. Okay. It doesn't go to spam. It doesn't go to spam. It's not junk. Okay. It's not junk. Yeah doesn't go to spam okay. it's it it's very easy to find if you yeah. sign up you'll get it yes you will get it uh, it it's i think he's giving me a hard time for it let's go to the phone lines ed's in lebanon oregon ed go ahead yeah thanks for having me on the show you um bet. i've got a couple of ideas that i think can solve this a ncaa steps in and says we have an eight eight or twelve team playoff system and only two teams from each conference. That would stop the monopoly game that's going on between the Big Ten and the SEC. Okay? So that it's like basketball where Villanova can play for the national championship if they're good enough. And they have. Um, so that means teams like Oregon State and Washington State can start the season with the goal of making the playoffs legitimately. I think you have to do that for college football and not just say, well, only the Big Ten and the 
and the SEC will be represented. There'll be four teams, two each from each conference, and that pretty well locks everybody out unless unless Clemson backs in. Yeah, okay. and the, so the pro- but the problem with that is you started with the NCAA, Ed, and the NCAA does not have ownership or oversight of the playoff. The college football playoff uh, doesn't belong to them. It's going to belong to the TV partners of the SEC and the Big Ten, and that's why I think it becomes important for the Pac-12 to position itself because the playoff, when it does expand, if you want to have an automatic bid, and I think wherever the Ducks and the Beavers are playing, you're going to want an automatic bid, that is not going to involve the NCAA, unfortunately, because the NCAA is a toothless, weak entity. Yeah, I, I get you, and I figured it was the last word. I did not know the other part, yeah. but the last part you said, I've come to that conclusion. Yeah, it's, it's just sad to me because it should. Like, the, like, we grow up as kids watching college football, and we hear the NCAA, and we go, oh, that's the governing body of college athletics. That's, they're, they're in charge. They'll give the oversight, but it's much the same – uh, as the commissioner of Major League Baseball, like you grow up thinking the commissioner of Major League Baseball is there for the good of the game. No, he's not. He's there for the owners. Same with the NFL. Keith's in Portland. That opens the line at 503-417-7575. Keith in Portland, go ahead. Yeah, thanks, John, for taking my call. Can you hear me? Yep. Okay, thank you. Yep. Um, you know, born in L.A., raised my kids here in Eugene, Oregon. I'm a Duck fan, but first and foremost, I'm a fan of the Pac-12, and I root for all the Pac-12 teams when they play other conferences. So if SC and UCLA came to our state again, I would boo them just because of the healthy rivalries over the history of the Pac-12. But when it comes for time for the last games against them, I would boo. But at game's end, I would applaud the student athletes from SC and UCLA and wish them well because, believe it or not, maybe it's just me, when they leave, they are an extension of the Pac-12. You can take SC and UCLA away from the Pac-12, but you can't take the Pac-12 out of their resolve. After all, this is the Conference of Champions. I hope they do well and wish them well. I don't mind Oregon being the Clemson of the Pac-12. Look at what Clemson has done in the playoffs. Yeah. As mentioned earlier, as possible solutions, the Pac-12 needs to hunker down and get to work. Cherry pick from the Big 12 and ACC. Long live the Pac-12. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, I appreciate that, Keith in Portland. Uh, 503-417-7575 is the number. That is one of the models. Like, if you are the Pac-12 conference and you're Oregon, one of the one of the advantages Oregon has had in the last decade to 20, 15 years, let's call it 15, is the, the rest of the Pac-12 has been underfunded. But Oregon's advantage is Phil Knight. He's the great equalizer. He has come in and supported Oregon at a rate that is greater than their peers. And as a result of that, I think Oregon has risen in the Pac-12. I was telling a friend today, I think there are three outliers in the Pac-12 that have all benefited from the revenues being down. Oregon is at the top of the list. Oregon has benefited more than anybody by the Pac-12 media rights packages not being on par because USC, UCLA, Washington – Others have suffered a little bit because the money's just not there. The revenue's not there. But Oregon is subsidized heavily by Phil and Penny Knight. And as a result, I think they've done okay 
and even risen a little bit within the conference in the last decade because of this, last 15, 20 years. It's been Oregon's time, so to speak. The other outlier is Utah. Utah just has a different fan base. You know, I was doing a piece earlier this week. I was working on something about soft ticket season ticket sales before this all broke. Like, Oregon's having trouble with season ticket sales. Washington State having trouble. Washington having trouble. Everybody's down. But Utah has a wait list of 5,000 fans. So Utah gets that same subsidization, but it's it's their fan base, not not one booster. So I think Utah has risen a little bit as well. Further, the third outlier is Washington State. And what Washington State did that others did not is Washington State uh, mortgaged its future. Like Bill Moose, who was the AD at Washington State years ago, literally uh, started these big capital projects that, you know, the bill is coming due and they're having trouble now because the bill's coming due. But Washington State improved its facilities and then it hired a coach, Mike Leach, who made some of the disadvantage financially not matter because he was a savant. He was just a little different. He was a head coach who was a play caller. Therefore, Washington State didn't have to have uh, two big salaries on the offensive side of the ball. They didn't have to pay a head coach $4 million and then a play caller another million dollars. They had Mike Leach. He was doing both jobs, and, and he was a great equalizer. So it comes in many forms and fashions, and I think that's why those three programs had upticks at different points in the last 15 years. Um, you could even uh, hold up Washington and Chris Peterson as an example of that as well. But I think in this last cycle, we've seen Jimmy Lee, uh, Jimmy Lake, and and then now Kalen DeBoer. So I think there's been some disruption to that. But it's not a surprise to me that Oregon, Utah, and Washington State have all kind of risen up a little bit in the last decade uh, relative to their peers in the conference. Now, I still think if if the Pac-12 did nothing if it just became the Pac-10 again and went out and had a subpar media rights negotiation, I think it would kill Oregon State, Washington State, Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado. I mean, it would kill those schools. But I still think Oregon is going to have that subsidy known as Phil and Penny Knight. And I think Oregon could emerge as a Clemson-like force in football under Dan Lanning. I think that's still on the table. It's not ideal you're playing with one arm tied behind your back when you don't have a conference, but I think there's a chance there. Am I spinning that too hopeful, Anna? I don't think so, um, but I do wonder, like, is the Pac-12 now reaching out to other schools in the Western Hemisphere trying to shore up, you know, some additions to the conference, like Boise State or other schools? Yeah, they, Are the, they interested? This morning, the Pac-12... Uh, sent out a uh, – the Pac-12 met this morning. The Pac-12 CEO group had a meeting with George Klyovkov this morning. Pac-12 issued a statement uh, about four hours ago, and they said they met, they are exploring all options. But here's the problem. This is not about adding good football teams. USC and UCLA haven't been that good. Let's be real. But this is not about adding um, – just adding teams to round out your – to get to 12. This is about adding television markets. Right. That Boise TV market? Not big enough. And that's the problem. And San Diego's okay, but it's also a smaller TV market as if well. If you could get San Diego State to play in L.A., now, mm -hmm. and people in L.A. care about them, then, then you got a shot. But this isn't UCLA. This isn't USC. Pepperdine, Cal State Fullerton, Irvine, LMU, that's, you know, there's not enough there, right? Yeah. And so you have, you have an issue because first the first question has to be, who brings a TV market? Right. 
So you literally just need to look at the Nielsen TV markets and go, okay, where are the top markets in the country where there are teams who potentially could join the Pac-12? It's not Boise. It's not Fresno. It's not San Diego State. You've got to start looking elsewhere. And that's why I think this merger with the Big 12 makes sense because you'd be bringing in Texas Tech, Baylor, Houston, You'd be, you know, Cincinnati. You you start to look at their footprint of the Big 12. It's not geographically uh, convenient, but you would get the state of Texas and you'd get some TV markets. Oklahoma State would be on the table. And then you have in basketball, Kansas available. They would be a draw that would replace UCLA seemingly. But So it's TV markets more than anything. I think what's becoming patently clear is the devastating effect that Larry Scott and his dealings that you wrote about years ago and the impact that his poor decision making has on the conference now. I mean well, look at look at what has happened. They're here. paying a bill now. They stuck with Larry Scott for about six at least six years too long. I was calling for Larry Scott to be replaced, gosh, I could remember it was before his last five year contract. So it was like midway through his tenure. I said this guy uh, they're going to fall behind. Like, I could see it. And I went on Petros Papadakis' show today earlier, and I did I did radio in Salt Lake City, and I did Sirius XM, and Larry Scott's coming up in all those conversations. And it's, it's really sad to me that the Pac-12 stuck with a leader who just drove them into the ground. And he did really well negotiating for his own compensation package, but he left them in a media rights conundrum that, doesn't expire until 2024. And his whole plan all along, he kept saying, like people kept saying, aren't you willing to rip the deal up and renegotiate? Like the landscape's changed on you. Yeah. Uh, you know, the college football playoff came in. When he first negotiated the deal, it was a BCS system. Like right. suddenly you could see what was going to happen in college athletics. And he was saying, no, 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 we're going to play this out. And then we'll negotiate in 2024. Well, that strategy has now left them without USC and UCLA. It's really sad. It, and, and, you know, it's one thing, like, you wrote about, like, what he was able to negotiate for himself. And, yeah, it was amusing, right, to talk about, you know, the penthouse suite or whatever that he was staying in and how he wouldn't even stay at games, you know, after halftime and whatnot in smaller media markets. Sure. But, like, this has a real impact. This has a real impact on the student-athletes that are going to have to travel these distances and miss class time and, you know, go travel to the East Coast for these games, like, and for yeah. the sports other than just football. Like, I know everybody cares a lot about football, but there's a lot of sports, like at USC and UCLA, that are dominant in their own respective rights. And what this does, it, it just is so it, – it's going to be really challenging, I think, for those student-athletes. I think it's well put. Uh, I want your phone calls, 503-417-7575. That's coming up. you got the bald-faced truth. We interrupt this podcast with a special announcement from the bald hey, Sorry to interrupt the podcast, but – if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.